Hey there, welcome to the Curran Crew edition of the program. This is Tom Curran joined by my wife, Kerry. Hi, dear. Hi, Tom. Are you ready to talk about faith and family? I am ready. Hey, we've been at this 25 years now, being <laughs> married. So today in the program, I'm super excited. We have lots of stories to share about everything from last night, yesterday, on the great solemnity of the Assumption. It was our daughter's 18th birthday. But then we're going to go backwards to last weekend where we had a chance to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. So lots to cover, hopefully in inspiring ways to you. Please stay tuned. We are going to begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for the gift of the sacrament of holy matrimony, for the gift of our lives, the gift of being new creations, your children, Father, that we can cry out, Abba, Father, because of Jesus. And so we ask in his holy name that you would bless and protect us and our loved ones, especially our children. And Lord, I pray for, on behalf of uh, all grandparents out there who are longing to see their kids and their grandchildren to come to the Catholic faith, return to the Catholic faith, grow in their Catholic faith. And Lord, just please grant them the grace to have that happen. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, dear, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun program. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're excited. <laughs> I don't always think that. I don't always think like, oh, this is just going to be fun. So I, I don't want to say that doing a program with you is drudgery. I don't mean that. Why uh, do you think it's different today? I think because we have like lots of kind of like wow stories to share about uh, the time that we were away. Like you referred to the Blessed Mother uh, and her relationship with you using a term I've never read. I've never read it in the life of a saint. I've never read it in a devotional book connected to the Blessed Mother. I've never heard it on a podcast and a blog post to describe how it is the Blessed Mother was approaching you over the course of our anniversary getaway and drawing you into a relationship with her. Maybe now, it's not theologically correct. Oh, then. no, it's actually quite beautiful. Okay. So what was the word, Carrie? Now all the one listeners are <laughs> like, okay. what was the word that she was uh, that she came up with? Well, as we will share with you, I just said at the end of our anniversary, as we're getting ready to leave the church, I said, the Blessed Mother's relentless. I said, she will not stop. She is seeking. She's coming. She is pursuing me. And it just seems for me very odd that I would describe her in that way because it feels like more something Jesus or the Holy Spirit does. And I never thought Mary doing that as a, a thing or a, an activity. And my relationship with Mary has been somewhat of a breakthrough this year. And before we even left, or as we were driving down to Portland for our, our anniversary, I was sharing with Tom just how I felt like there was a season where Mary was coming towards me. But I'm not like op wide open receiving her. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a fighter, a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a questioner. Like, do I really need to have this intimate bond and this, you know, but I know I need help as a mom. So I'm open. I'm like, I'm open. I'm available. Please break down all those walls, all those questions, all those hesitations, all the, that res that I resist um, in me towards you, Mother Mary. And so in the course of the weekend, it was just clear to me that she was relentless and continues to speak to me or just, I don't know, it's just odd because I don't 
I guess I just really only related to Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit and a kind of spiritual relationship. And I know there are many people who have this beautiful relationship with Our Lady, and I've just never had that. And I've not really sought it out like relentlessly myself, but I feel like she is coming at me with a grace and a season that I'm just like, wow, this is this is just very beautiful, but very like unexpected. I think the Blessed Mother's exhausted from all the rosaries. <laughs> Please. Please. Your husband, he just keeps knocking on the door enough already with the Hail Marys. Come on. You know? uh, oh, that's great. That's a scripture the where. The pressure of grace. Yes, where the son or daughter seeks the father and doesn't stop. And he loves that they don't stop that they are ambitious or eager or i'm trying to think of the the words relentless yeah i don't know yeah so that's how it's been it's very beautiful so let's uh we'll we'll come to some of the stories that um, led you to that conclusion in just a little bit i want to begin the program though by just talking about a couple of beautiful scenes i describe them as beautiful but when you hear them described folks you might you might say why were they so beautiful but they were related to the 18th birthday celebration for our daughter, Anne Marie. And so we now, we have five teenagers and we've had all, we had all five teenagers in the room. They're all back in the house, which is kind of cool. What was so neat is they all were on, in our home on our 25th anniversary. The actual day of our anniversary is when they all assembled here at the house when we were driving back from Portland because a couple of them were at different locations and they all got dropped off and it just uh, it's just a lot of details that are not that significant except to say that on her 25th all our kids are back in our home for the first time and that was just 13 months it was just wonderful yeah I feel full my quiver is very full okay now they can all leave again (laughs) just kidding (laughs) it's just been very filled to overflowing well, in and, this home. And just, I think that oh, you, you said, you, you told the story, we, as folks know, we're planning to move and we're close to that place now where we're wrapping some things up. And so we had an inspector here inspecting our home that's in the process of being sold. And he came walking in, you said, and here all the nine kids were in the main floor of the house. I mean, it's too much for me. So I don't even know how a stranger can take it. But I'm like, where are all these kids coming from? <laughs> Will they just <laughs> go find a corner and be quiet for a while? Um, yeah, he was just he was just taken aback. It was really cute. And I think literally like, okay, so you have seven in the house. And so what's two more? But what happens in community or in communion is there's this exponential increase. Uh, increase. It, it, it's hard to describe, Tom. All I know is... When there's five here, it feels small and it's quieter and it's calmer and it's more ordered. And when there's seven, it feels wow. But now that there's the nine, you know, 11 of us, it just feels like big and full. It's a beautiful thing. It's a holy thing. It's highly recommended. But it's just, you can't get your mind around it. You just have to sit and receive it. It's not something you can manage. (laughs) It's a chaos (laughs) to it all. It's not something that I can order. I just... So theologically, you know what that's called? It's called a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery. And it's the mystery of communion, right? So the Trinity is described as a mysterious communion. The church is, first of all, in the Second Vatican Council, described as a mysterious communion because it's a, a mysterious communion that's imaging God. Uh, because of Christ, and then marriage and family life are described as a mysterious communion of life and love. And that means it's bigger. It means that you're encompassed by it. 
you are immersed in it and encompassed by it. And your call is to explore it, delight in it, savor it. And that's what we got to experience, even last night, in a couple of beautiful ways. One that was touching, and it's a practice that I would recommend. I don't know how many families do this, but we have certain customs that you've established for our home on birthdays. And I have to say, they really work. And they're manageable. I think this is these these few customs that that showed up yesterday were things that I think that any family really can do. Did you want me to share about that, Tom? That was, was that my lead-in? Lead lead like I just teed that up for you? I just <laughs> laid it right out there. I even like a long... Can you see my head? I'm like hearing noise upstairs and the, the floors are shaking, so I get quickly distracted. Um yeah, we did a time of honoring Anne Marie, our so 18 year So the first thing we did when we get up in the morning. <laughs> See, why do I even try? Why do you even try, Jim? <laughs> You're going to correct me anyhow. The night before, what does everybody do? You have a few kids. Oh, decorate the house. So we, go ahead, Tom. You can share. You're good at this. You got the order. But it's your yeah. thing. It's your thing. This is what you I know, so. but when you say it, it sounds better. It's like, okay. wow, I do that? Ooh, that sounds good. Well, who is that? Who is that amazing woman? <laughs> who is she? I want to meet her. It sounds right. way better from you. Well, in any case, we organized the table to make it set nice with some nice plates and, and put some banners up and other little decorations. And, and the kids, the siblings will do that, which is really neat. And then you ask the, the kid, okay, what do you want for breakfast? Then we make sure we have that. And and so then we get up and have a special breakfast. So that's one simple thing to do. And then typically we go to Mass. Now, yesterday yes. was a holy day, so this is, makes it very easy. easy. Yep. But typically, we want to celebrate Eucharist if we can. And I can say that you can really make it an excuse just not to go or just say this is our family ritual and our, our tradition. And I think I got that from my family. We always went to Mass on our birthdays. And even when I would have a birthday party, like in fifth grade, I invited like 20 girls to my house. And I think like 13 came. It was a large number. And my mom wanted us all to go to Mass first. So... That was what we did. We all went to mass in the ch- in the convent, and then we went to our house for dinner and a party. I can't remember like exactly the layout, but I just remember all my friends going to mass with me. They weren't daily mass goers, but they knew when they came to our party, that's what they did. Well, I just think that's powerful, right? That your mom was a leader there. It was like, it's my job to to present who we are as a family and who my daughter is in that family to the world, and we want to invite others into that. And if our faith is at the center, then let's let that come to expression. And that can happen on birthdays, even connected to birthday parties of all things. And so um, going to Mass, which was beautiful. And then one of the things that we will typically do is that you'll get presents in advance and then wrap them all up. And then in the evening, we'll have a time where we open up the gifts and we will then honor the that child on his or her birthday. Yeah, I think... And I think we talked about this on our marriage weekend, just how to teach your kids to affirm and how to build up and how to think about, reflect on that person and think, how have they touched my life in the last month, in the last year, in the last years? And try to start naming their gifts. And when they're younger, it's like, oh, they're nice, they're sweet. So we've allowed the younger kids just to share a story or two about where or when that person impacted them or a memory that makes them smile because it's a little bit trickier for the younger kids to name character qualities. And then as they get older, um, we try to do a little bit more like, let's name who this person is as, as a gift. What are the gifts they have and how are they a gift to the family? And is there a memory or a story that exemplifies that? And you know, Carrie, believe it or not, that's also um, one of the ways that St. John Paul II 
when he teaches about what it means to foster or deepen the reality of being a communion of persons. He talks about the idea of enriching the communion of persons through using language of affirmation, or he talks about celebration. And so it's when in this I, thou, we relationship between the persons, when one speaks a word that's meant to be a gift to the other, that word spoken is a way of affirming the gift of the other. And the other person is supposed to receive that and in receiving that, it's, a, it's an act of celebration. And the third person that's in that communion of persons performs an act of confirmation. So they're aff affirming, receiving, uh, reciprocating, giving back in return, confirming. So all of those ways that John Paul II identifies features of communion and how to express and deepen a communion of persons is manifested in an act of affirming someone at a birthday. Because you have not only someone sharing a story, but then the person who's being celebrated needs to receive it. And that's hard, right? You'll say one of the things that's the most difficult to do is to receive an affirmation. So to have someone be um, skilled and learn how to develop the skill of sharing something authentically, having someone else learn how to receive it, and then having a third person or everyone else witness to it, all of those things are beautiful ways of forming a family as a communion of persons. That sounds way more beautiful and profound than what was last night. So that's great <laughs> to know. There's like real depth there. We're, we're growing then. We're working towards. Well, and you know what, Carrie, when you, and so you and I go last, right? So we give uh, the other kids a chance to like pick off the easy, like the low hanging fruit. Okay, wait, who do you think goes last, last? Is it Tom <laughs> or me? Who actually finishes and makes sure that everything, all the bases that, are covered? I got my hand raised. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the one who's the encompasser. I encompass it all, right? And, and you know what? You, you saw our daughter receive it like a sponge. Yes. She just took it in. So beautiful. And it was really a beautiful, and I actually saw prayers answered, prayers that I've labored and like desperately cried out to the Lord for what, for months and months and months, over a year, just praying for, I got to see some fruit some fruit just in the sharing itself. And you know what, what a gift that was to me as a father. There has been real healing in some of our daughters who have had some struggles. And definitely there has been some down moments in the last few weeks. And yesterday was just a huge win, the last two days, on so many levels, in so many ways. And some things that could have gone real sideways just got rescued, God's mercy, his grace, his goodness, his, his kindness. It was just plentiful. Well, and I think we're Thank learning you, too. I think we've been through the fire enough where we're learning a little bit more about how to relate in loving ways, whether that is through connecting better or even correcting. Both are loving things to do and also paying attention to love languages. Like you went out with the oldest three and you went shopping for our 18-year-old with her and just that whole relationship of the three of them together was a beautiful way of giving the gift of time spent and gift giving. And it just really built our daughter up. I think that was a real part of it. It's getting real. And I think that's partly uh, what we've experienced is having all the kids home just this last week. 
they we put them in teams and they each had to pack five boxes i mean we've been packing for about two months but now it's getting down to things in the garage and things in linen closets and things in the laundry room and things off the walls so they really are every day working together and it's just there's just a lot of crazy energy in this house i don't know even know how to describe it but our rosary last night was just it was just on a whole nother level and it was like a camp rosary because it became <laughs> chants and songs and foreign languages and i i don't want to say that it was like sacrilegious in any way because there was such a joy and fun and the kids eventually settled down to pray it but you and i were just like uh either we get up and walk out or we just join in and let them enjoy each other and enjoy this season so it was it was beautiful i felt mary smiling i felt the father smiling i did not feel like they were being uh, disrespectful they were more just enjoying this kind of i don't know you can say it better yeah it's kind of hard to describe exactly what happened <laughs> you know it was like i think we'd have to post a video to to really try to get at I it don't think it's but <laughs> the kids did the opposite of kind of like disengaging and just kind of sitting back in their chairs and kind of rolling their eyes and mumbling they kind of got into a circle it was like on a, their knees a rosary and then they around started, a campfire that yeah was but they were all songs. on their knees in a circle around a table and then they would tap the table and they would jump up and they would do during their parts of the of the prayer and it was like, okay, is there I'm just, a full moon? I'm just going to roll with it. I feel like I'm there's just gonna... a full moon out here. <laughs> Something going on. And yeah, it was only for part of the rosary. And then they settled down. So it was great. And it was it, enjoyable. It was very beautiful. I actually yeah. thought it was very beautiful. I wouldn't want that every time. But, you know, that time it was it was a nice way to kind of get the, to get them to lead to that ending part of the rosary, which was very prayerful. Um, I want to go back, though, Carrie, because we had quite a weekend um, uh, t of time together uh, with the anniversary. And uh, it meant leaving the kids at home by themselves, which was another adventure because I was like, how are they doing? We haven't heard anything from them because we left on Saturday afternoon. And so it's Saturday night and we're still enjoying just our time together. We were out getting a bite to eat. And you're the connector. And I'm like, hey, no news is good news. Why are we Why are we connecting with them? Let's just. Why are we they're, connecting they're fine. with them? Because we've got all the kids in the house with no adults. <laughs> fine. Are, are the adult Dad, in the house let is our go. nineteen year old. It's like pull up, man. <laughs> We're off on our own. Let's let them just be, and we'll be. And so all of a sudden, you get a couple of text messages with pictures of uh, Christmas in August. They literally pulled out five bins of Christmas decorations, pillows, blankets. They pulled up the Christmas tree, lights, Christmas music, Christmas cookies. It was Christmas Hot chocolate, pictures Polar on the walls, Express. Christmas pajamas. They watched a movie. They just had a blast. They went nuts. And I was just, the, the enthusiasm that a couple of our kids have around the holidays is, it's just crazy. Um, I was smiling because they found a great way to have fun and entertain themselves and not get into, I guess, trouble. But it was healthy fun. And the little kids just felt so loved on. I think Mary Grace who's been at CYO camp all summer, came back with this like theme spirit of what they do at camp. Cause sometimes they'll do like country week or it'll do like around the world soccer uh, Olympic week, or they'll do uh, some kind of theme like um, different, different cultures, different foods, different saints. And so they did Christmas, Christmas weekend and it was great. But just to say they got mostly everything put away and, uh, they are just looking at this new house thinking, is it going to be okay for Christmas? Can we have Christmas in this house? The only way this house will work is if Christmas will work in this house. 
I don't even know what that means. All I know is that's what they keep saying, and they're trying to imagine where the Christmas tree is going to go, and yeah, things I'm not thinking of yet. Um, but our weekend away was great, besides uh, the fact that we had no idea where we were staying, and we weren't sure where we were going. And that wasn't my fault. I got to put it that out there because I was ready. Remember now? I said, I've got a place, but you thought maybe it was too expensive. And I was like, let's cut. You'll take care of it. And I'm like, happy anniversary. I'll let you take care of it. Well, it was kind of like a conversation coming back from Spokane of well, what do you want to do for your our, our getaway? And you're like, well, let's go to, you had some different ideas. I was like, do you really want to do that? You want to go see a show? You want to go to the city? You want to? Are sure you don't want to go like just chill and like get some books? And so I'm trying to find out what do you want to do, Tom? And you're like, no, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, no, now I'm getting upset. What do you want? I want to know the intimacy of your heart. What is your burning desire? Really, really, what do you want to do? And you're like, no, no, what do you <laughs> it's like, So then you suggested Portland. I go, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I'm going to Portland. It's crazy down there. And... um but then you're like, well, we could go to Powell's and maybe the Grotto. And I don't know. Why did you want to go to Portland? It was it was Those two? not too far away. And it was something that we could do that probably wouldn't be very expensive. And yet we would be away. And we could also do some fun things. Like we could go to Powell's and we could get some cool books. So that means we could read and, and reflect and we could have some good conversations and it's a beautiful time of year, so to be out and about, and we could go to the grotto. So the blessed that was mother, it. All right. that. it's that simple. So I was like, no, no. And then about an hour later, I'm like, okay, let's go to Portland because I wanted to go hear a speaker down there. He's a, a Christian speaker named John Mark Comer, and I've been listening to a few of his podcasts, and he has this church down there called Bridgetown, and they have about 6,000 people that attend it. He's one of several pastors. And it's this very hip happening, cool church in the downtown area of Portland, in an outside of Portland and Laurelhurst, some area, really cute. And um, in listening to his podcast, he's been talking more about Catholic theology and calling on like the dark night of the soul. And they don't say St. John Paul II. And they don't say like St. August. They'll say like, our, what do they say? They refer to they them as... St. Augustine. They, they say August, uh, Augustine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, yeah, they don't say St. John of the it's Cross. They say John of the Teresa Cross. Teresa Avila. It's Avila. So yeah. you can tell they're still learning. But he is so hungry for truth and theology that he's going back and looking at Catholic sources. Sources, But he doesn't refer to them as saints at all. It's just our old brothers and sisters in the Lord or the early church. That's how they refer to the saints. So it's kind of funny. Anyhow, in listening to his podcast, I'm like, yeah, I want to go see this guy. I want to hear him. So we so I had that motive and you and I and Powell's and then the grotto and Powell's and so we're like, okay, let's just go to Portland, which was amazing because okay, the food there is so creative. Their creative gene is like off the charts. Whether it's a wall, they paint on every wall that's vacant. They paint on every part of their body. I'm talking tattoos and piercings and hair coloring. And then you go into restaurants and they just can't serve donuts or they just can't serve a beer. It has to have color and the naming and the texture and the the creativity that goes into their menus. It's just we went to the martini bar and they must have had what fifty different types of drinks, which were just weird. But um, it was crazy. Just the creativity of that city is really remarkable, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. That's, I'm just kind of stopping there. <laughs> you can pick up <laughs> well, talking I wanna, too much. I like the relentless Blessed Mother because we ended up not having a hotel. So 
you're like, well, there's a hotel right there. It's a really nice one. What was that one called? The um, Crown. The Crown Plaza. Plaza. It was nice enough. It was nice enough, but it was full. And I'm like, well, I'm getting off the highway here because where you have one big hotel, you can have other ones. Yeah. So we got off. I drove towards that hotel. Not, you know, it's just a minute off the highway. And I'm like, I don't really see anything else here. But I went inside, and sure enough, it was full. But right across the street was this Shiloh Inn. And I would call it the Shady Inn. <laughs> So, true that it's pretty shady <laughs> pretty broken down um, but the homeless encampment right across the street and Terry's like you know I bet there's room here so sure enough that's great the price was right can say that uh, yeah so we went there and it was fine I think we were chill about we didn't need to go I'm fancy like, yeah, why do we have to go fancy why waste a lot of money spending money on a you know on an entry hall uh, entry entryway and things like that we're just going to use it as a bedroom, and then off we go. Right? Yeah, we hardly just a yeah stopping spot. So we stayed there, and I think the first night we went to Powell's and Deschutes. I don't even know how to yeah. say that restaurant's name. We went to Powell's, and we asked the guy in Powell's, "Hey, where's a good place to eat?" And he's a couple blocks behind, and we ended up going there, and it was Great. a big win. Great restaurant. Um, okay, so the merry part. So we come back, and we went to see this John Mark Comer the next morning. It was Mass, or Mass. It was Sunday morning. So we wanted to go to Mass, and we wanted to hear him preach. He wasn't. They had some guest speaker coming from New York who was right. This church was really phenomenal. We are basically going to a church where all the people that you don't see at Catholic Mass are here. They're the millennials. There are, it was just packed between like 18-year-olds to 30. yeah. 35, and there were people our age, and there were some young parents and little babies and little, little families, like young. But it was packed with just amazing- Single young adults, yeah. Young adults. It must have 80% yet single. And when I say packed, it was like this old, was that like a Pentecostal? or Not a Pentecostal. Like a big old Baptist it church. Episcopalian. It was it no, stained it glass. No, no, it, it, was, uh, it was like a Baptist church it because it, it didn't have, uh, it, was, it was focused on the pulpit. There wasn't, oh, a, um, there wasn't a, an altar. And it was great music. Uh, you said the guy was theologically correct. That Yeah, he said a, he said a <laughs> Trinitarian prayer. I'm like, wow, this guy's pretty sharp. Theologically, he said a correct prayer. Which was was pretty, you know, it was like, oh, that was really neat. And then you asked people around us, like, what's bringing you here? Because we were curious, like, this is the whole space of kids. What is it that draws that not single young mass. adults to church? What what brings them to the presentation of the gospel? And this is a full presentation. I mean, they teach that homosexuality is wrong. They don't, you know, abortion's wrong. They're very conservative. Marriage for life. But it's spirit-filled, so they believe in the gifts of the spirit and... And evangelizing and, uh, and making a difference in your community and, and being a light and salt. Very and, intentional teaching. Very very much into discipleship, community yeah, building. And, well, you had me listen to one of one of the series of talks, they had yeah. on the on fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I'm like, wow, this guy's pretty profound. So it's pretty striking. But so you wanted to be able to go access um, that community to for the praise and worship just to see it, to to kind of experience what's the spectacle here, but to hear him. And then we wanted to go to Mass that in a way that would also be something beautiful that we could access. So I had typed into my phone uh, the night before on Saturday night to look for Catholic churches in times of Mass. And I had typed into my, uh, my phone, Latin Mass near me. And a Google Map response shows up. And the number one response was, Holy Rosary, 377 feet I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And so, sure enough, 
on the other side of the parking lot, across, you know, we went into the Crown Plaza side. If you go out the back side, literally across the street was the entrance to the parking lot for Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church, where they have the Latin Mass. No, they didn't have just the Latin Mass. They had some festival. They had the a, a Bur- festival the whole month uh, that they were kicking off, and this was one of the first kickoff events was the that next day that next day there was a kickoff event at the parish of a uh, a dominican rite high mass in latin using the music of william bird a 16th century composer um beautiful music oh hold on a second carrie is just about she's singing right now So what you're hearing there is the beautiful uh, uh, music of William Byrd, the composer uh, who wrote this mass for four voices. Uh, It's a motet, so it's just the the four voices of choir members from the parish. So they were actually, this was the, the ordinary choir they have at this church, and it was just, yeah, it was holy. It was... Heavenly. Heavenly, yes. Just heavenly. Um, I had to record it. <laughs> I started recording them. It was right, so in fact, beautiful. yeah, what you're listening to is Carrie's iPhone. She, <laughs> yeah, she actually doesn't. recorded it and was sending uh, segments of it to her siblings uh, to say, hey, this is what we're experiencing at Mass today. So that, that was... So anyway, so we ended up going on Sunday morning to that service um, at that community church, but then leaving in time to make it over here for this Latin Mass, uh, this High Mass, um, which, what do you want to share about that? Oh, it was just holy. It was beautiful. You know what I did? I screenshotted the prayers in the back of the book. The, in the, the Missal. In the Missal, <laughs> back of the book. The uh, prayers before uh, Mass and then prayers after Communion. And I think it's St. Augustine and... St. Ambrose. And St. Ambrose. I think they're both in there. Anyhow, if you can screenshot that or look it up i don't know it was holy beautiful prayers about the state of our soul for whatever reason whenever i go to the latin mass i just feel like i know who i am and who i am not and who god is (laughs) and what he's done for me and there's just this sense of i'm not worthy and i need to grow in holiness and i'm a sinner i don't know i don't want to make that sound like a negative thing because I think I often don't think uh, I think myself okay and I really should not be I should take my spiritual walk a little bit more seriously dig in a little bit harder and press in more and I find that that mass and that encounter is very convicting and it puts at the very forefront and center my relationship with Jesus well I think what part of what you're describing is the opposite of casual Right, so if one of the things that we've struggled with the most, uh, really I wanna say with regards to our kids and how they have attended mass in the masses that we've you know, brought our kids up in, the Novus Ordo Mass, the ordinary form of the liturgy, right, that almost all of our listeners are, are familiar with, is that the sense of reverence, this sense of awareness or consciousness that you're in the presence of the divine. You're in the presence of 
God, and therefore you ought to act appropriately. Your awareness needs to correspond to a certain attitude that is displayed in certain behaviors. And sadly, we have settled for or allowed the draining of reverence. And again, it's not of necessity, but just in terms of the, just the whole manner of celebration of too many of us Catholics for too, ma too many decades has drained so much of not what the liturgy is in itself, but what the liturgy is as experienced by so many young Catholics. It's just become casual. It, it has been drained of the sense you're on holy ground and you ought to act accordingly. And I think that's what really shocked you. What, what, you know, a couple of, a few months ago now, when we went to St. Joan's in Coeur d'Alene to the Latin Mass there, the High Mass, it was a, like a stunning revelation of the holiness of the liturgy, the sacredness of it, and how we ought to correspond in ourselves, in, in terms of our comportment, how we carry ourselves, and how we show up. Absolutely. And I think, Tom, also, there's an intimacy of the divine. There's something that is so like you can almost reach out and touch it, even though you're at mass, but there is this spiritual encounter of something that is supernatural. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, to be honest. I, all I know is I know we're on a journey and we're just wanting to be really open to the spirit of where God's leading us. And so this was a great weekend. It was our 25th wedding anniversary. And I felt like for us, the Lord just put into the ground a stake and said, follow me. So across the street from our hotel is this Latin mass and this Latin uh, celebration and this convention of sorts. This William Byrd convention. <laughs> so they have Compline prayers that night. So we go out and a couple of things happened that day that were really neat, but we end up going back to prayer that night. I got to say one of the things that happened after mass, we ended up going up to a park and you just said, said, oh, here's a really big park in Portland. It must be good. Let's just go to this park. <laughs> it was terrible. So we, well, it was terrible, but we had a really nice walk. We it was were walking fine. The around, park was around. fine. There's a ton of people there. <laughs> There's but what was cool about it? We're walking around, and as we're walking down the hill to go back to our car, who's walking up the hill? A priest. How did we recognize it was a priest? He was dressed in a cassock. And so you have this priest coming up the hill, and we're walking down the hill, and, and, I, and I stopped the group that he was with. I said, excuse me, Father, are you a Catholic priest? And he said, yes. And I said, well, we're you know, celebrating our anniversary tomorrow, 25 years. And I threw in that we had nine kids. So I wanted to kind of win some favor. And I said, would you please give us your priestly blessing? And he said, yes. And then he proceeded to? Pray in Latin. Pray in Latin. I was like, wait, when do I do the blessing? I had to open my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Padre Spiritu, he's, I don't even know. Oh my goodness. I'm just shaking his Lord head. Lord Jesus, mercy. Lord <laughs> great. Jesus, mercy. He's with his family. I mean, his mom and aunt and lots of kids. It was very sweet. But it's also interesting about that park is we saw a community of uh, what? What a striking thing. What were they doing? Yes, it was a soapbox derby uh, volunteer meeting. They had all these folks gathered around like waiting. 50 maybe well okay let's say close to 50 and there was a, a, a table set up and and people were writing stuff down and people were hanging around and i'm like is there like a race that's going to happen is there like what are they signing up for and so i asked someone i said what are you signing up for and they said well this is a meeting 
where you can sign up to volunteer for this soapbox derby that's going to happen at some future point. So I'm like, wait a minute. On a Sunday afternoon, you drove up into this park to wait around for the, a meeting to happen where you can sign up to volunteer for a soapbox derby. And there were so many people there. I'm like, I didn't get it. And you had, I thought, some great insight. Well, I think we had listened to a talk on community, and I, I just felt like these people, this is where they belonged. This is the people that they hung out with, and they found purpose in this. And this was their hobby, their passion. It was a Sunday afternoon. And I just started to think about so many different communities. You can belong to you know, this community, or people that walk their dogs, or people that do the, uh, what's the power thing, the weightlifting thing called? Oh, yeah, it's like the Spartan race or and that the kind CrossFit. Of CrossFit, just different places where people have a sense of belonging. Our kids are signing us all up for fantasy football. I have no idea why, but my boys are on this. And uh, this is another community where these guys love and gals love to follow and do fantasy football. And so it was just this kind of longing of where do I belong? And it was just very striking that this is, you know, how the extent to which you go to belong to a community. <laughs> but... um. So we left there and we got lost going back to the hotel. And I said, hey, I think, I think we're by the grotto. And so sure enough, we were two miles away. So we ended up going to the grotto, which was really lovely, holy. It's a very holy place. We went and prayed in the uh, sanctuary, the church. What do you want to call it? Yeah, it was the <laughs> main church name. down at the, um, at the sort of the ground level. Yeah, yeah. that was really neat. And then um, we headed back for Compline and... Yeah, Compline is night prayer. Oh, wait. Did we go to the Rose Garden then? Um, we ended the up going day? to the Rose Garden um, before we went back to the hotel. Oh, that's right. We went to another park that was actually really nice. So, yeah, yeah. that was well worth it. Um, but but there's more. <laughs> because, Carrie, when you talk about going deeper, right? So we got up the next morning and we continued some of our conversations. Well, I was like, let's work on our budget. Let's work on our plan for five years. Let's look on our homeschooling. Said, Honey, what do you want to do? <laughs> I was like, I brought work. <laughs> I was like, we need to hammer some of this out before we get over to where we're headed. And I'm starting to like panic or just I just need a plan of some sort. And I wanted to kind of drag you along like come on Tom if you know all that's involved you'll you'll help me and that was not what God had at all we ended up Tom you I think you looked on the phone and found out there was a rosary at 11 30 and then there was mass right there was mass at, at noon. noon that was the big I was thing like, I saw and it was like oh wait a minute there's a rosary at at and 11 30 I, like, I don't want to go pray the rosary I <laughs> just like can't we just stay here and work on this stuff and you were like you know I really feel like we're supposed to submit like God has planned this I was like, okay. And so we head over there, and then there's confession, which is a whole other story. Well, and that's the story <laughs> I want to get to. It is a riot. So Carrie and I are, uh, we show up at 1130 to pray the rosary, only to find out that, yes, confession is going on. And so Carrie, you need to learn a lesson here. The lesson is, when it comes to affirmations at birthday parties, let me go last. When it comes to <laughs> confession... And you and I are going into confession together. Let uh, me go last. Oh, I was looking for that like Latin, uh, so you do the examination of conscience and they have this excellent one in one of their prayer books. No, I thought I got this. I know my sins. I know how to make a confession. I, I felt like I had some good ones. Like these are, these are authentic. This is real. I'd gone to confession a few months before, so I had enough time to do some sinning. 
So I go into the confessional and you got to realize I'm like, confession, really, Lord? And then we're doing the rosary and then we're going to mass. <laughs> just and then like, there's adoration after mass. <laughs> just kept ha- like, I had this like mini retreat right across from our hotel and it was just comical. God's funny. He's a good sense of humor. Um, so I go into the confessional and I start to share my confession and I should have known when he said, hey, could you move a little bit closer? I can't hear you. See, I like to go to the priest that's like partially deaf. <laughs> He's blind. <laughs> he speaks another language. He can't understand me. So I said, sure. And as I start to confess. Well, this was in a traditional confessional. Yes. So, right. So it, it's it's in the box. Right? Yeah. So he can't see He you. can't see me, but who knows. And he's, as I'm confessing my sins and trying to like really drum up some good sympathy and sorrow and contrition, he says, you see, you just aren't making a very good confession. And I'm like, uh, what? I'm sorry, I just paused. Okay, I want you to say that again because... <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> the priest interrupted you and said, you're just not making a very good confession. Yes, and he said it with such conviction. And I thought, and I said, um, and I started to laugh. And I said, I'm sorry, Father, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing that... I don't know. I'm just caught off guard. Okay, let me let me think harder, dig deeper. <laughs> really? And it was so so I started to confess like even better sins or like give it more like weightiness, like I could give some good adjectives. He goes, "No, you re- you really aren't making a very good confession." And he's like convicting me and he's like trying to like call me out in such a harsh way, but I was not at all offended because I really sensed his mercy and his love and his just genuine desire to have me know if I'm truly sorry, if I'm just kind of going through the list. So I get through this confession and he gives me some good prayers to pray. And I don't think he gave me any more guidance. I can't remember. All I know is I went out and I sat down next to Tom. I was like kind of laughing. What did I say to you? I said, the priest said I didn't give a very good confession. I said, that's the first I've ever had a priest say this to me. And then you said, oh. I said, oh my gosh, what he said to me was something similar. He said, you're really making a great confession. He's very thorough. Do you tell him, like, look, I'm going, are <laughs> He you didn't serious? say that to me. I'm just teasing. I thought you were serious. And so I was not offended at all. I felt like, Lord, open the my heart. The first thing you said was, I feel like he saw my heart. Like he saw, he could read my soul. He he knew my sin. I think I said that. Like, why was I not saying it so plainly and simply? I know I said that after I started thinking about it. Like most people would probably be offended, but I didn't feel offended. I felt like I wanted to rise to the challenge. Like that wasn't a good confession. Well, let me. So I started to think of how I said it. And then I felt like that. Like I felt like he had a discerning spirit. And I kept looking back to see him walk out because I wanted to see who this priest was. This old um, like black, Af- I don't even know, Kenyan look in priest with a cane. He was very old. He sounded like George Bailey in uh, in The Wonderful Life, got, like Clarence. He, Clarence the angel. Oh, yeah. He sounded just like Clarence. And so I started to think about when does Clarence say something that sounded just like this priest? And it's when Clarence says, you've been given a great life, George. Oh no, he says to him, um, you see, George, you really had a wonderful life. And I started to think about that, and he goes on to say, you know, don't mis- don't you see what a mistake it would be for you to throw it away? And I'm like, I think in just praying through this whole experience, I felt like the Lord was saying, you've been given a wonderful life, Carrie. You've been given a great marriage, a great family. What are you waiting for? Why are you not taking this call more seriously? Whether it's going to the Latin Mass, 
in, in some of the things that Mary was speaking to my heart, whether it was just this time in our life, this time in our church, this time in our, our move, like, what are you waiting for? Why are you holding back? Why are you questioning me? Why are you rebelling against me? Why are you resisting this call to reparations? <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. But it just drew upon just several things that I just started talking to God about that was just so profound and holy. And I felt like, gosh, I wasn't looking for any kind of retreat weekend for you and me in this you know, very beautiful climactic um, season in our life of 25 years. And I really went looking for this other preacher, John Mark. <laughs> and I really was looking to get fed in that way. But I felt like God was just saying, no, here you are. You're at this church. I want you to go to the, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. And what was so cool is that I said Mary was relentless. I felt we're at this church named this. You were showing me all the these are the joyful mysteries on one side and these incredible stained glass. This is the, the glorious up above is the luminous in the back is or in the front was the sorrowful. And it was just everywhere. And then we go to the Compline and it's this beautiful singing in several, like I think there was one to Salve Regina. Yeah, was, yeah, the Hail Holy Queen. And we end up going Sunday to the night. grotto. I was like, oh, okay. And then we end up going to the Rose Garden, Marian Roses. <laughs> it, but it wasn't so much... Um, it's like we didn't really seek it. It found us. It was just right in front of us. Yeah, it, was it was really like, it was a Mary beautiful gift. It was a beautiful gift for our, our, because during this whole time, we're talking God and we're talking, what does he want for our marriage and in the future? And even though I wanted to do a budget, <laughs> to do homeschooling, it was more about the big picture of what do you want? And that was one of our, our better conversations was at that, that one park was, What's your dream? What do you see in 25 years for your kids and your grandkids and your in-laws? And what are you building towards? And what do you see with, you know, doing podcasting or your ministry or, or Facebook stuff or what God's doing in the church and in through your marriage? And I don't know, it was just a holy set apart, set, set aside time where I didn't really have a lot of time to put together something great for us. But the Lord met us. He met us in our, our weakness, messiness. So I go to mass today and or yesterday and it was this the assumption and I just several times I just got teary eyed. I just got caught up in the Lord speaking to me stuff in in my heart. And um at mass today it was great cuz the gospel was um in Luke where she's Elizabeth um where is the it? The visitation where yeah. Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. I can't read this. I wrote down the scripture in my prayer book. Um when the Holy Spirit cried out in a loud voice when she was filled with the Holy Spirit and she cries out in a loud voice and it says, and how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And I felt like Mary was saying in this scripture to me, blessed are you that I have sought you out, that the the mother of the Lord should come to me. And I just, it was just this incredible confirmation that that's what Mary's doing in my heart right now and in my life. I don't know what that looks like. I'm just like, this is great. But so Carrie, <laughs> so this is, is the this first you? time. Is this I've, your rosary? This is the first time I've heard that. <laughs> that scripture. Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is the first time I heard you share that. At mass today, I was listening to the gospel and one line jumped out at me. It's a long gospel. And the line that jumped out at me was that the Holy Spirit stirred Elizabeth to say, how is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me. That is I'm serious. serious. It jumped out at me, and I'm like, how come I've never heard this before, that what she's really amazed at is not that the Lord has come to her, but the mother 
of my Lord would come to her. That's really got chills. And so I just was so struck so by that. So struck. And, and it was like, wow, why? I, I've you know, I've read it how I've read it how many times, but I never heard it as a now word that had that aliveness for me. And we weren't in the same church. No, we're different churches. You were at St. Vincent in Federal Way, and I was at St. Francis because of the kids where they were at. Wow, Carrie. Well, I just, Tom, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's something about the Holy Spirit stirring this this Marian thing. This, Elizabeth, yeah, this to say that. stirring of, no, just in our own heart, that he stirred it in her, but I feel like the Holy Spirit is stirring it again in us for a time such as this. And I, when, the, when they said, when Father Tom read, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And it just struck me like the Lord has spoken several things to us. And the Lord is saying, I need you to believe. I need you to believe. I need you to not be that gal that goes into confession. I got this. I got this. But no, you've been given a wonderful life. What are you doing? What are you wasting it for? Why are you waiting on the sideline? I'm just like, okay, God, (laughs) I'll try to get in the game. (laughs) I mean, because you can sense my resistance. You can sense my own wanting to hang on, wanting to not you know, the fear of whatever it is that the Lord is, is tying inside of me. Well, it's hard to be uprooted. It's hard to surrender control, right? Yes. But that's what, that's what yesterday's feast was, was um, Mary's assumption into heaven was the result of her undivided, unpolluted, yes. She had an undivided... She knows I need help. Unpolluted, <laughs> yes. She's like, that girl needs a lot of help. She's relentless. Coming after you. Her fiat <laughs> is going to be born in you, whether you, you know, and well, that's that's our prayer for all of us. Well, Carrie, we're up against the end of the program, and please come and check us out on uh, on iTunes. You can look up the Current Crew podcast. Uh, it'd be a thrill to have you join us. Thanks so much for joining us today. God bless you, and say a prayer for us as we, um, as we make our move. God bless.